0: Hey guys, what is happening? Welcome to Creating Space. I'm Wes Knight, and this is a monumental episode. This is the Carolinas matchmaker. And for those of you who know me and know me well, you know that relationship advice is probably something that I need a lot of. This is the master in the Carolinas. This is Laurie Burzak. Laurie has been serving the Carolinas for over a decade as a leading matchmaker and relationship coach. Her success rate is unprecedented with four out of five of her clients finding lasting love within the first two years of working with Laurie. She's also the creator of a movement that she's coined Philanthro Dating, where very obviously she has merged philanthropy and dating. So she's bringing singles together, raising money, and donating it to the causes of her and her partner's choice. She's making major moves, and she's awesome. Laurie Burzak, welcome to Creating Space.
1: It is great to be here.
0: Yeah, this is this is very fun because I've gone to one of your functions. Yes. I've seen what you're all about. I didn't know what to do in, in in your function because there's so many people there and so much going on. But it's awesome, and what you're doing is really changing lives. And I'm happy
1: to bring you on the show. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I, I, I need to know just a little bit to start off. Like you know, you I'm we're sitting here looking over a part of South Charlotte. You've got a beautiful office here. So Thank thankful you me. allowed me in. Thank but you've you. gotten to a good place now. What are you grateful for? What are you juiced about?
1: You know, I wake up every morning and I. Um, I do a gratitude list. I just thank God for everything that I'm grateful for and I I know that when I sit in gratitude that I cannot sit in fear. Wow. And so I lead my day that way. Today I led my day with being grateful that I was going to be meeting with you today and I and I prayed cool. that I would be able to say what I needed to say to get some kind of message through to your your listeners that could possibly change their lives. Um, I had a wonderful conversation with my sister this morning just as you were walking in the door and I'm just so grateful that I have so much love. I have a wonderful family and friends. And I'm very grateful that I have the calling that I have, that I can be a matchmaker and help people find love.
0: You're literally surrounded by love at all times. And there is no space for love and fear at the same time. So Mm -hmm. shifting to gratitude is important. I got out of the shower today, super grateful for having the opportunity to come and chat with you. I got a couple of DMs this morning, people telling me how much they love the movement and the message. And then as I was driving in the car, I was overwhelmed with just this fear of, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this interview. I don't know if I prepped enough. How is this all going to work and come together? And you're you're so right. When I took a second to just breathe, shift back to things that are actually happening and that I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. it it sifted away. And now where I'm sitting in this beautiful office, about to have uh, my mind blown, I can imagine <laughs> by you know a relationship expert. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Let me let me ask you the first uh, and most important question to this all what is it about love and bringing people together kind of bridging the gap between two people that ignites you and lights you up
1: you know it's funny when i was in high school i was voted most likely to fall in love with the idea of falling in love <laughs> wow <laughs> it's in my yearbook and i it it gets me really excited when i think about the idea of two souls igniting um as a result of the work that I do to bring them together, there's really no no bigger joy for me aside from you know my own loves in my in my personal life than the work that I do with my clients. Um, I feel like when I am able to create that ignite, when I'm able to create the fire between two people, that there's nothing more important in life.
0: That's definitely a beautiful statement because love is this all we have, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's the most important piece. And especially in a time where we're no more disconnected than ever before, right? We're we're into our phones or we're super focused on our profession Mm -hmm. and the world is super disconnected right now. So what you're doing, the service you're providing is bringing people together. So obviously that lights you up because that's good for business. But at the same time, how is business shifting with the times and keeping up with the times?
1: Well, I'll tell you what's really made a huge difference in my business over the last 11 years is the impact of the cell phone and the, um, the, the perception that people are communicating more when they're really not, it's too easy to text. It's too easy to avoid the voice on the phone. It's too easy not to take a risk. It's scary picking up the phone and calling someone and especially, and I'm not, and I'm saying just picking up the phone. I'm not saying texting first and saying, are you available to speak? I mean, take it old school. Sure. Pick up the phone and call. It's so rare now that a man will pick up the phone and call a woman that when it actually happens, the, wim- the women love it, by the way. They're excited. Really? Yeah, really? they're really excited when it happens because it shows that somebody cares enough to make a call, wants to hear their voice, is excited to to take the relationship to to. Another space and another place than it was, and it shows a risk. It's it shows a risk of rejection. Right. And when you when you actually put yourself out there and show a little bit of vulnerability, I think it creates more and it brings people together faster. The way that it used to.
0: V word vulnerability is huge. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my intentions for 2017 mm-hmm. to really grow comfortable in a vulnerable space. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the best leaders are the most vulnerable human beings. Do you think that's probably the main disconnection between people in relationships is their ability to be vulnerable with each other?
1: I think so, and I think people are hiding behind I think people are hiding behind their phones as as a result. If people could just get out of them now more. And I I mean I tell my clients, don't text so much. Pick up the phone call. Set up a time to meet on the phone. Um, make everything in person. I mean, just try, try people need to try harder to to create a another kind of reality than what's happening right now. Right. Like with all the online dating apps, let's take those for example. Sure. It's so easy to just scroll, 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 swipe left, swipe right. And it's not real. People create pen pals out of these people that they're meeting. And, you know, faces, it's like it's it's, it's not real. It, you know, people Photoshop now their, their photos, like you don't, there, there's like, it's like, we're almost living in an alternate reality with all of these swiping mechanisms. And, um, that's why I really like the idea of people trying to meet face to face now, you know, let's, it's, it's like, you're in such a vacuum and you become desensitized. When you're on these apps,
0: hundred um, percent agree with that. I can't tell you how many times though I've been on the apps and and, and I'm I haven't been on them for a while now because I saw how it was affecting me and my attention and mm-hmm. and things that it was taking away from my professional life, spending time on it. Um, but here's what I will say you know when you take it from the offline or the online space to the offline space when you go to meet or date, all of a sudden there is this sense of false expectation. Mm-hmm. You expect the person to look some way or feel some way, and then you get in front of them, and it's completely different. And the the situation changed instantaneously. Yes. Um, and, and the best way, you're saying, to negate that is simply by picking up the phone and making a phone call.
1: Yeah, or getting out there and meeting people in person. Instead of being on those apps, get to meetups. Right you know, go to my philanthropy dating events. Yeah. You know, tell your friends that you want to meet people, have a host, a party and and tell people to invite someone of the opposite sex, start creating more opportunities so that you can meet people in person and not just sitting on your couch and surfing on the internet.
0: Yeah. I think that meetups, people are now more than ever less willing to get out and be a part of society Mm -hmm. because things are so available through technology. Right. So, Part of you is combating relationship issues. The other part of you is combating technology and the, the growth of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that I'm, that I'm really interested in uh, that goes along with that is now moving back from Vancouver, as I immerse myself back into Southern culture, yes. right? I'm noticing these societal constructs here in the South where everyone's married and with kids by tw- early 20s, late 20s and if you're in your 30s and single and driven or motivated you seem to be i don't want to say isolated but looked at as socially different right where the exact opposite exists where i came from in the pacific northwest or the west coast where if you're married before 30 yeah you know it's the it's the inverse right you're you're it's odd that you're married with kids before 30 he explained to me a little bit about that dynamic and um, how that affects what you see in relationships here, specifically in the Carolinas.
1: Yeah. Well, I have seen that a lot of people are doing what their parents and the grandparents and great grandparents did in terms of going to school locally, finding their wife or husband in college, dating for a couple years, getting engaged, getting married, having kids before age 30. Right. But that's only a segment of the population. Sure, we. I mean, it's hard. It, you throw a stone. It's it's hard to even find someone that that lives in this that it was raised in the South. Now in Charlotte, I mean, it's a very right. metropolitan city now. So, um, I would say that it, it might be a perception thing um, sure. that that you're experiencing sure. because. If you think about it, it maybe half the population. It's just that you haven't been in the right circumstances to meet the other people. Because I'm hearing this from everyone right. that comes into my office, and I've got thousands of people in my so database. So I'm not the only one
0: feeling like you this. are not the only Good. one. Good. Glad need, that I'm not the crazy one. You need to around. find.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you just need to find the people that are like you. Right. So it's kind of like just. You know, looking at the ha- the glass half full or or half empty right. idea, of course. And there are so many people that were not born and raised here that aren't that are not married and and aren't and weren't ready. By the way, I will tell you that it's really sad when people come into my office after they've gotten divorced when they made the mistake of getting married too soon. And it's not always a mistake. It's sometimes it's a mistake because people feel pressured to do it. Wow, and then. Because all their friends are getting married, and then they meet somebody that's sort of in their peer group, and they're having fun, and they have similar interests, and they just figure, well, it's time to get married. Everybody else is, and they get married. Sure. They have the kids, and then they come into my office in their 40s, and they say, I made a mistake. Right. So I always say, like, don't worry if you're not married early. It just wasn't your time yet. You're exactly where you're supposed to be in your journey in life. love that. And. Think about how different our brains are as we get older. I mean, I can't imagine if I was on the market. I mean, I'm I'm married 22 years now, but if I was on the market now, with the way that I think, I think I think very differently than I sure. did back then. Sure. I mean, I am the same person, but I think differently. So I would be looking for a whole. I'd have probably a whole different criterion list at this stage than I did. Back then, but you know, in your twenties, you don't really have the criteria. Yeah, you know, if,
0: I think back to my, <laughs> my early twenties when I just started my professional soccer career, where some of my buddies were getting married and even having kids. I didn't even have a clue. Like, didn't even have a Scooby Doo who West Knight was. wasn't even close to understanding who I was, what I needed, what my love languages were, yeah. what I expected from. You know uh, the other half in a relationship, and now at 30 years old, I'm just now starting to figure it out. But one thing I'm struggling with right now, and a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or are really heavily focused or driven or ambitious in their own right. So I'm in this space right now where I don't—I couldn't be bothered. The, the thought of
1: dating—it
0: yeah. it tires me. It, I. I don't even engage because I, I'm fully understanding that the amount of energy that I would need to give to someone else, I don't have available. Yes. What am I dealing with? Well <laughs> Am I nuts? No. What's going on with me? You're right not
1: now? nuts. I mean, you know what? Here's the thing is you need the energy, you need everything that you have right now to focus on your career and getting ahead so that you can reach millions of people with your podcasts and, and whatnot. You need your testosterone bottom line. Ah. So when you when you fall in love, when a man falls in love, his testosterone lowers. And there's a good reason for that because when you end up getting married, you don't want to be looking around at all the other women. So it's like it's kind of like a built-in safety net of wow. it'll help you be faithful to your wife. You know, it 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 helps you connect to to more of your feminine side a little bit so that you can figure out what her needs are and be able to to give those to her. So that is what naturally happens. And anthropologically, our bodies know that. Our men know that that will occur when they fall in love. So they don't do it while they're in building mode. Okay, I guarantee you that when you get to a point in your career where you're like, okay, I got this and I'm enjoying it. I'm bringing income I'm comfortable with. I can see the the road ahead. Right. The next woman you meet that's a suitable wife partner for you, you'll probably end up getting married. Really? Yeah, it just happens very naturally that way. And you see this very consistently yeah, with your I clients. And it's really sad when I see a woman who spent like eight years of her life with someone while they're he's building his business or getting his medical degree or whatnot. And then they split up and then the next woman he meets... Falls in love. Yeah, falls in love, get gets married. She's like, Why wasn't it me? (laughs) I feel
0: that's a classic story. I think I've seen that a few times in in my life. And it's sad. A couple of the questions that we've gotten for listeners in preparation for today have been that, you know, what if I'm the female or the male on the other side of that driven, ambitious human being? Mm -hmm. How do I manage myself when I feel I'm never going to be you know, first place above whatever it is that my partner is is driving towards? I thought that was a great question, kind of the inverse of the question that I asked you before.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say maybe you need to let that relationship go. Wow. For the time being until your partner is at a point where where he or she can give to you what you need and your needs can get met. Right. Because you don't want to be living your whole life that way as sure. second place. I mean really your partner should be thinking of you first, number 1. Um and when that doesn't happen, it doesn't feel good. Sure. Um I mean obviously there's a lot of people that get married and then they're still like super driven and they're living their life and doing that thing, but you need to figure out the balance in 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 the home. And like there could be a man for example that's, you know, rocking rocking his career and going all around the world and he's barely home and so, I mean, I know someone, it was that situation, and she right. felt very isolated, and it just didn't work for her, and she ended up leaving him. It's been very hard for her. Wow. But um, but she decided she she would rather be alone than with someone who just didn't make the time for her and didn't put her needs first. It makes sense.
0: It does make sense. It's a human issue at mm-hmm. the end of the day, and love is an action verb. We must give it in order to receive it and give it in, in much more capacity than... We expect to ever receive it. Mm. And I'm just now figuring this out, Laurie. I've never really been a great relationship guy. I've never really figured out how to put someone else before myself. However, I do believe that treating yourself best first and making yourself the best version of yourself then allows you to pour over onto those around you. Let's talk yes. a little bit about that dynamic. If I'm not doing what I love and what fills me up, Am I going to be the best version of myself for my partner?
1: No, I don't think so, And it's so nice because when you get to that best version of you, that's the kind of person that you will then attract into Ooh, your life. love that love yeah. that and I mean, think about like times in your life where maybe you were you were feeling low or whatnot, and you know the friends that you surround yourself with sometimes, and the the women that you've attracted into your life may not be at the t- same caliber um that you might be attracting now.
0: Right. Um, it's, definitely, it's definitely true. The, mm-hmm. the, the level of professionalism, mm-hmm. first of all, of the women that are now w- walking into my life is much higher than it's ever been before. However, there still are fragments of, of the lower vibrations that are coming in. Can you attract the one at a very low vibe state or must you be the best version of yourself to really meet your match?
1: I think it's a matter of staying centered I'm a huge fan of meditation, um yoga, meditation, um prayer. And I feel like if we're connected to the universe like constantly throughout the day. We all have dark thoughts. Sure. It just happens. So if you want to consider that a low lower vibration, it's very easy for anyone even when they're at a high vibration to start questioning themselves, feeling anxiety, wondering if they're on the right path, not sure which which path to go down. When you know, even when they're at the pinnacle of their careers, and at that point, what I say is, you know, you need to ask the universe, God, whatever you want to call spirit, um, your higher power, to to offer you an intuitive thought. You need to constantly stay connected throughout the day. If you start off the day asking your higher power the universe for um collaboration for connection for um to release you of you know dishonesty sure. self pity sure. you know self seeking whatever it is that you you want to be avoiding throughout the day right. like start the day that way and then throughout the day continue to connect sure it's hard to remember to do that very but tough. if you do remember to do that, it works every time. I do it all day long. I just say, "God, please give me an intuitive thought." And it's taken me a long time to be able to do that. And when I do, whatever negativity that was circling around my head dissipates, right, And then I figure out through assistance what I need to do next. and it's huh. just it's just an easier way to live
0: it is a a much easier to, way to live shifting to gratitude shifting to something bigger than mm-hmm. yourself and relying on those answers to come to you in a multitude of ways right there's always signs that they that they can come to you how important is sharing that um spiritual connection with your partner do you feel that makes or breaks relationships
1: i think that a lot of my mar- my matches and marriages are based on faith But people are always at a different point in their journey with faith. Right. And um, I don't think it's necessary for my husband to have exactly the same. That We're not at at the same point with our faith, but it doesn't matter. I mean, we fall under the same umbrella. But my connection to my higher power is different from his because we all have different experiences. And it's okay. And it doesn't matter to me
0: sure when you, when it comes to things that do matter though in a relationship mm-hmm. talk to me about some of the aspects of a relationship that relate to success what are some things that drive relationships into a positive place and some of the the really important pieces of um, relationships that, that keep them successful
1: yeah I think it's important to be always thinking of your partner always thinking of their needs always thinking about what can I give to my partner you know think about like when we're at the very beginning of a relationship, we're like always, we're, it's so exciting. You right. know, that, that six months of like, and actually it can lead up to, it's eight, it can be 18 months of just the infatuation intoxication. Phase. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, God, it's just so exciting. And it's, it, um, it's overpowering and it takes over your brain literally. And, um, how we're always thinking of our partner. But what happens is that dissipates and then we become like real human beings again. And we're thinking and, you know, community starts getting involved in our lives and friends start coming into our lives. It's it's not just you and your partner anymore. And then you kind of get, and then children come along and, and you get distracted and it stops being that tight, tight feeling of what can I be doing for my partner next? So that he or she is thinking of me and is, is excited about being with me. And, and, you know, we're lifting each other up so much. So if we can try when we sort of get away from that, to go back to that, that, that idea of, of always giving and of always thinking what will make my partner happy. I think that that is a huge part of a relationship. Also communication, um, and admitting that you're wrong almost immediately. Um, you know what? I was having a bad night the other night. I was tired. I was grouchy. Sure. And I was snappy. Sure. And I said something to my husband, and he he snapped back at me, and I said, you know what? I am sorry. I am just tired right now, and I apologize for the way I just spoke to you. Right. That's called respect. Mm, that's and a big that word in And that needs to be there at the beginning of the relationship, too. It yeah. is not just all about the sexual attraction. If the respect is not there, those two things are, need to be there together in right. order for the relationship to survive, respect. Um, John Gottman um, is um, a, a PhD psychologist that talks about, he he runs the Gottman Institute and he talks all about how important it is for respect to be there. And he can tell by initial interviews, if one of the partners is rolling their eyes at the other, he can just say that marriage is not going to last because the respect isn't there.
0: Pure contempt.
1: Yeah wow and it comes out you can tell at the very beginning and um so that that really needs to be in place admitting that you're wrong needs to happen fast you know i always say don't go to bed angry with your partner i mean there's so many things about relationships that's difficult you know it's easy to get distracted you know if you've been married for a long period of time or short i guess Um, sometimes people get distracted, you know, their partners take them for granted. Sure. You know, they meet someone out on, at work or whatever, they're getting attention in the same way that they got at the beginning of their relationship. Right. And people cheat. Right. You know, people, um... Because they like the way they're being treated. How about instead of doing the cheating, having a conversation with your partner about what your needs are? I think people are afraid to have those conversations with their partners. What is
0: it about those conversations that they're afraid of? They're obviously tough conversations to yeah, have. They are. But why? It's almost they're just afraid to begin.
1: People don't want to have conflict. Like It's really scary. Again, vulnerable. It's hard to say, you know what, I I feel alone in this relationship, or I'm not feeling like you're... I feel like you're taking me for granted right now, or I'm feeling insecure about the way I look. And so I'm treating you this way instead of that way. You know, that, that often happens. Sure. So um, I think it's important for people when they do start having those sort of darker thoughts around, um, you know, when other people start creeping into the relationship, you know, I'm not a fan by the way of women and men having Um, friends of the opposite sex when they're married. I don't think men and women should be sitting on the phone talking about their problems with, you know, opposite sex. I don't, I I think that that can lead down a dark road. Sure. Um, So everything needs, you you should always imagine that your spouse or your partner is sitting right next to you when you're having any conversation or you're texting anyone or emailing anyone that they should say yeah that that's 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 a decent correspondence, sure. If it's ever like edgy or you find that you're you're flirting too much or you're um having a you're exposing part of yourself that should really only be exposed to your your spouse or your right. your partner, then you need to really take a step back and say, What's going on here? You know why am I looking outside of my relationship for happiness?" Um, and start trying to figure out what, what is missing in you because it's all about you.
0: It is all about you uh, mm-hmm. at, the, at the very beginning side of that. And, and you speak about cheating. I think a, a great question that I hear all the time is monogamy and yeah. whether or not you feel it to be natural. Um, do you think that monogamy is a natural biological piece to, to human beings it's it's a tough question, right? But it's it's interesting to to kind of look and observe other species in in the world, and then looking at the human species. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel about monogamy.
1: I don't think it's natural. Well, wow. monogamy, and I think that that's pretty obvious because if you look at look at the Old Testament, there's so there's so many laws about it and how to how to keep yourself from st- straying and how to keep a monogamous relationship. I mean, I realize at that time there were different wives and whatnot, but but I mean, if you look at at certain laws, you know, it talks about straying. And so I feel like if it was natural, that it wouldn't be written down. Right, right. (laughs) You need, you know, no adultery, (laughs) no this, no that. So um, so while I don't think it's natural, I do think that it's something that is um, kind of like the pinnacle, if you can, if you can achieve it, I feel like it's what you need to work towards. Like, it's kind of like the, the, the gold, the gold star of, of marriage. It's like what you should um, embrace. And, and, and I think that it's there. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing a very good job of trying to explain what I'm trying to say right now, but I feel like it's, Where we, where, what we need to be doing, but that it, it's another example of why we need to be constantly connecting with the universe and our higher powers and asking assistance on how to stay, you know, monogamous and how to stay on the path towards that goal.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's good. I think that it's all, everything is connected, right? And when we're disconnected from our partner, I think a little bit of it comes back to being disconnected from ourselves. Yes. But the primal side is, it's a big piece of relationships and yes. we, we need these to, to satisfy these urges. Yes. Talk to me about the controlling the primal side, the primal side in general, the communication of, of sex within relationships and how that correlates to success in relationships.
1: You know, it's funny. I always say that, you know, women come to me a lot. It's very common for a woman who's in a long term relationship to say to me, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it. I don't want it. I don't want to do that. But I've never heard anyone say after sex. God, I wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) It's not that big a deal. Just do it. It's like the Nike ad. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 often. (laughs) Sure. Sure. And I even hear actually younger people that are in longer relationship, longer term relationships say to me that their sex life has dissipated. And I'm thinking, wow, that should not have happened that soon. Right. I mean, it's one thing if you're married 20, 30 years or whatnot for for you know you need to push yourself a little bit sometimes but sure but for the young folks that are feeling that way i i wonder about that and i wonder what that what that's all about i wonder if that's about they're not they're not with the right partner or if they're just not getting in touch with their primal side if they're just if they're just kind of living a very superficial life like you do need to, to really be present with your body sure. and, you know, to really even even connect with that, um, especially in, you know, in a longer term relationship. I don't know. Have I answered the question? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I-, I think that sex and having sex often is, is important. Mm-hmm. You know, Laurie, there's a side of me, though, that, you know, as an athlete and going through that phase of my life, I was on the prowl a lot you know and that's a side of me that i've had to learn over time how to tame and this is the first time that i've really mentioned this to the creating space tribe but there was uh, a time in my life where I dealt with with that and dealt with it on on a on a very big basis, right, and chasing women and being unfaithful to women and um using women to a degree and it sounds really shitty looking back on it. however, I realize now that it's kind of catapulted me into the space that I am now as I use all of that sexual energy and sexual drive that I had you're talking about the testosterone in this direction that I'm going. Now, what about for the guys out there who are saying, man, you know, I really love and enjoy a night out chasing women, but I don't want to do that anymore. What are some of the first steps to help them move from a space of young adulthood into this space of maturation and treating women respectfully and moving towards being a a great husband?
1: I think that um, it it kind of becomes a little addictive. It's kind of like um, drinking your coffee every day. It's like, you're looking forward to the chase. You're looking forward You're looking forward to the cup of coffee. You're looking forward to the glass of wine. You're looking forward to the chase, but yep. it's lonely. So, you know, I've by. heard from, I talk to men about this kind of stuff all the time, by the way, you're not un, unusual. Okay. Sorry to say it. Whew. Yeah. Take, take that off. Your back. <laughs> you know, it's, it's common. And what I've heard people say is, They just, they got sick of it after a while and they, you know, it just, they got to a lonely place. It's like they, um, you know, one guy said to me, you know, he, he was with a woman and, you know, he woke up the next day and he just looked at her and it just, it felt, it just didn't feel lonely. It didn't feel good anymore. Here's what I would suggest is take sex off the table for a little while. Okay. Just focus on yourself, focus on what what you want to accomplish in your life, figure out what makes you happy. Right. And then the next woman that you start dating, don't have sex so soon. Sure. Wait. Sure. You know, wait a few months. People think, oh, my God, a few months, how can I do that? (laughs) And he's looking at me like, you're
0: crazy. No, no, Uh, I think it it, it would definitely be a great challenge. And I think that's something that I need to move towards.
1: It takes men about three months or so to fall in love. So if you really want love, like the real stuff, you need to wait. The woman, as soon as she has sex, she's going to become attached. So if you're really into a woman... The best thing to do would be to wait and like everything focus.
0: changes once you once you make that action. Everything once changes.
1: It only it becomes all about the physical experience instead of the emotional experience. Right. You only have a certain period of time to have that deep emotional experience. Use that time to really get to know someone, find out what makes them tick, everything about them. Sure. You know. And you may decide that, you know what, maybe this person isn't for me. And then you you evade the heartbreak of a woman becoming attached to you, right? And because you know what, no matter what women say, they do become attached when they have sex. Right? They can pretend like it doesn't matter. They can say I'm just like a guy, but they're not. Right? And I feel like people really um, get hurt. Women are just getting hurt left, right, and center. So, like, part of me just I wish we could create a movement of like, let's go back a little bit and. Stop it so quickly, sure. you know, like hold on to it longer.
0: Right. And listen, holding on to it is something that is important to me now more than ever because those – um intimate emotional connections are is what I value. You know, I, I get a piece of it when I have these podcast interviews where I get to be in an intimate setting, one V one with the, the guest. And I really get to just connect, you know, and, and connecting on that deeper, um, emotional level is what I believe is going to drive me for the rest of my life for my partner. Now here's what I've added with the whole adage of when you know, you know, is that true? When when she walks in and she presents herself, will I, will I know? Will, do you know? Does that feeling actually
1: exist? Well, what you know is that you're attracted to her. Okay. That's what you know. Sure. That's
0: it. That's
1: it? Yeah. Wow. Um, later on, you'll discover the rest of it. You'll know if you respect her. You'll know when she opens her mouth, if she's intelligent and you want to get to know her better. You'll know you know, about her connection with the outside world. Right. But I've talked to many people that were like, I saw her across the room and I fell in love. (laughs) And you know what? Here's the thing though. I will tell you this. Um, If you believe in this kind of stuff, they say that, um, that, you know, when, before you come down to earth, that, that you do have a soulmate Mm. and that there is a period in your life when, when, when you meet with that person you have like a little jolt or a little knowledge of, oh, there they are. Right. It has happened to me before. Really? Um, yeah. Think about like just in the just the regular world, like sometimes you'll meet someone, you'll be like, oh my God, I feel like I've known them forever. That feeling. Right. Like I think that you knew sure. them in a past life. That's sure. what I believe. But, I
0: totally believe in twin flames. Okay. I, I most definitely believe in, in those past life connections. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so what you're talking about, like sometimes do you know? When you meet your soulmate. So in that sense, yes, that does happen.
0: Very cool. So. I'm super whimsical, Laurie. I am super spiritual guy. I believe in magic. I think that everything that is happening and surrounding us is we, we can't even interpret it to this state. But I've been having dreams over the past about two months. This a similar dream where this essence, this kind of silhouette of a female keeps coming to me in my dreams. Um, and it's this energy that I can feel, this vibration that I know and I recognize. However, it's a silhouette, I silhouette, I can't see her face. I, I don't know anything other than the way she makes me feel and the love that's kind of surrounded in her. And I'm often wondering if that's her showing me that she's coming or presenting herself to me or, or giving me her energy. And I'm super inspired to figure out what these dreams and interpret these dreams. So I think that's that's really cool. As we round this podcast out, you know, let's, let's go on uh, a bit of a, a hot streak here. Let me ask you a couple of questions okay. and let me see what, how you feel about them to be true uh, and what you can kind of add okay. in, in this hot round. All right. Okay. First question. What is one word that you would say is the killer for relationships? No. The word No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Talk to me. Tell me about that.
1: Well, I feel like sometimes someone will just cut you off by saying no without without asking for an explanation, without digging deeper, without understanding what your motives are for asking the question or or whatnot. So I feel like um, you know, sometimes someone for example, if I'm talking to someone and they say, you know, my my um my my girlfriend, my boyfriend never wants to do anything. I say to him, "Can I ask you a question?" And he's like, "No," because he knows something's <laughs> going to come up. Right. Or, you know, let's do something this weekend. I want to do something different. No, right. Take that word out of your vocabulary.
0: So, if you could take out one word, it'd be no. I like that. Yes, you know, all there has to be a collaboration between yes. the two people to succeed. Next question. You ready for this one? Okay. What is something that you Feel that is that must be present for love to exist
1: well I'm just going to go back to respect
0: ah it's a big word if for you if that's okay I yeah. like that yeah I really like that that
1: needs to be there the other person needs to appreciate who you are and what you're all about and and why you're doing the things that you're doing and respect that that you're that you're on the right path love that. that yeah I think yeah. it's the most important
0: thing that's very good Talk to me about the importance for you for evolution in a relationship.
1: Things For things to change, yeah.
0: Being okay with change?
1: Yeah, I mean, it has to be that way. Um, you know, when I got married, for example, I thought that I was just going to – I I didn't know that I would have a career once I got married. I thought I would be a stay-at-home mom and sure. I would take care of the kids for my whole life. And, and um, probably like, you know – a year in or less, I was like, you know, I think I might want to do some grant writing. I think I might want to do some consulting. I think I might want to do this. And my husband was just like, that's cool. Whatever you want to do. Awesome. Like he always supported my dreams. Good. Like even with this business, you know, he was the one that gave me the money so I could start my matchmaking business. Wow. So I feel like um that I'm I'm constantly evolving. Um, but, but my, my foundation's the same, you know, my morals, ethics, and values are the same, but, but all the rest of me is evolving all the time.
0: Love it. And he is giving you that respect and allowing you to play in that space and evolve into your own. That's huge. Yeah. That's really big. I love that. Um, biggest advice, biggest piece of advice you'd give to a single man.
1: Slow down. Would be a really good piece of advice that I would give. And um, give- I feel like
0: you're talking directly to me right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just just be.
0: Just- when I walked in, guys, when I walked in, she said, How much grounding are you doing? Are you grounding at all? Are you meditating? <laughs> I'm guessing that my energy when I walked in is super driven, super forward, <laughs> and ambitious. But so for the men, <laughs> it's, it's slow down. Yeah. What, what does that
1: mean? Just slow down and be present. Right. Yeah. And that's where the meditating does come in because sure. what it does is it spurs on your intuition and it makes, you know, it it strips away the, Oh, you know, I need to be with the hottest girl in the room. No, it doesn't have to be the hottest girl in the room. You know, right. you may like really deeply connect with the smartest, one of the smarter girls in the room or sure. somebody who is the sweetest woman or has the best connection to friends and family or the one that, um, knows, you know, w- how to cook the best for you right. or has the, you know, it doesn't, or is, is sweet to your friends. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be all about the looks all the yeah, time.
0: That's great. Give me the the best advice. One word of advice that you give to women,
1: single woman. You know, men are very visual beings. I don't think that women appreciate that as much as they should. Sure. Sometimes women, um, they don't. They don't think about how they're being perceived. Um, yeah, I'll give you another thing too. Is it would be good for women? Well, women and men, but I'll also say women because they're usually smaller, not to drink as much when they go on dates. Right. Um, I feel like sometimes women drink too much on dates, and then they aren't um, they. What what they lose is clarity, and and they lose the part of their brains um, that that are more judgy that they need to use to judge if the guy that they're with is a good guy, if it's Got somebody it. that can take them to the next Plags level. Their intuition, yeah, it just kind of goes away, and um, and they're not they're not thinking clearly. And right. I want to encourage my women to to. Uh, one like one drink minimum on when they're dating, so that they can be very astute and Great and words. smart when they are when they're dating, and I think that people are falling into this drinking too much when they're out, um, and I think it goes away.
0: Sure, they're definitely distorting the the uh, clarity, uh, being more astute. Whether that's a man or a, a woman, yeah. I think just you're going through such an intimate process. Uh, There's information being thrown at you from all different aspects. You got to be able to interpret them, Laurie. I believe what you're doing's massive. Um, Hopefully, I won't have to employ you for (laughs) services. But if if it does need to happen, I know I will be well taken care of. Tell me this last question for this creating space interview, Laurie. What is your matchmaking legacy? What is Laurie Burzak's legacy?
1: All the babies. That are being born are my legacy. Awesome. I went to a baby naming over the weekend and the mother said to me, Lori, this wouldn't have happened without you. Wow. And it made me feel really good. Wow. Um, That's my legacy are the, are the babies and the stories of how they met each other. And hopefully, you know, through my coaching, even maybe somebody got one thing out of this podcast, I hope. Sure. And, and it changed their lives like i hear that a lot is like something you said finally clicked and it changed my life and now i'm married and now i've got a baby and i just really appreciate it and i i didn't know that right. that so, I guess that's my legacy too. just making a change in this world that's my legacy
0: well, you do it, you do it very naturally and I think some things and I do this too you know get into these interviews or you're coaching or you're gifting your information and it comes so clearly out of your your mouth, but you don't know how it's perceived from other people right yeah. and i'm Fascinated with our conversation. And I know that the creating space tribe have asked for you. I literally have received emails for <laughs> dating and relationship coaches. So I'm so I'm just so grateful that you'd invite me into your space, allow me to capture a little bit of your story, get inside your mind. And thank you so much for, for coming on to Creating Space.
1: Can I I just want to say one thing is sure. that sometimes people hire me just for an hour, like they're not ready to do like the full on the matchmaking. Right. Programs, they hire me just for an hour, either in person or on the phone or by Skype. So, really, I could reach, I could be reaching a lot of people. Sure. And then sometimes I'll help them with their internet dating, you know, life or sure. whatnot. So, there's a lot of different levels of ways that I can help people.
0: Yeah, no. So, those people that have listened to the podcast and are ready to connect with you, how can they do that, Lori?
1: Um, on my website, Carolinas with an S matchmaker.com.
0: What about on the social spaces do you on exist the social on? Spaces, Instagram? Yeah,
1: or? Instagram, Carolina's Matchmaker. Perfect. Um on Twitter it's Carolina's Match um and Facebook? Yeah. And I would imagine you probably
0: do Skype sessions and whatnot for your international or national clients. I do. It's incredible stuff and you're changing lives. You're literally creating babies (laughs) uh, and and creating love. And that's important. We need more of that creating space. If you strip it down to its core is just a little package of love. So I appreciate it, Laurie. I'm so grateful that you would come on to Creating Space and thank you so much.
1: It was awesome. Thank you.